Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode number 14 of This Week in History. It's Thursday afternoon, it's 12 o'clock. Hopefully you're enjoying some trip down memory lane along with your lunch today. And we want to thank you for joining us, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, or listening to us on audio version on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your podcasts from. We are part of the Ontario Independent Wrestling Podcast Network and the Johnners Podcasting Network over in the UK. So we have a lot to uh, look at this week. We're going to see a couple more uncensored, a little controversy with those and not being uncensored or being censored for a show that's that. A couple of WrestleManias are going to pop up and, of course, some lovely DUIs. Uh, So we'll see what all happens, but we can't do that until we bring in Jonesy in Niagara Falls, the guy who brings all this together. How are you today, Jonesy? I'm doing fantastic. That was a great introduction to this week in wrestling history. Yeah, well, I got the pictures in front of me, and like uh, people can see my computer screen. I got the spot where the videos are, but then up above are the overlays. Uh, that I have to scroll back to the first one, but the first overlay that I'm seeing right now is one of our last ones, and it's involving Kurt Angle and his DUIs. Oh, yeah. So that was the thing that popped into my mind, and I. Also saw uh, Matt Hardy and Rebby uh, Hardy. So we'll uh, scroll back up the uh, line as I uh, do that and get to our first one. But how are you anyways? Everything's Niagara. I'm not doing too bad. Having uh, some housing issues, uh, you know, mold and stuff like that. So, uh, you know. Never a good uh, Having a good time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, things are hoping to get uh, started with construction in my house. I just wish I could get contractors to call me back. I have money. They, I want to give it to them. I want them <laughs> to work for me. But they don't seem to want to put the connection together. I don't get it. But we're here. We're having fun. And we're talking wrestling history. So I love it. Uh, it's my escape from sort of reality and uh, everything else that's going on beyond the the show so uh if you're ready to go we indeed hurt so we're going to start at march 19th 78 years ago el santo defeated marci lego uh, velquez to win the mexican national middleweight championship for the very first time 32 years ago in tokyo the ajw would crown a new champion after Erika Shihito defeated Manami Toyota to win the vacated AJW Singles Championship title. Uh, Shishido would go on to great fame in Japan as AJ Kong. The championship was vacated a month earlier when reigning champion Maika Komatsu uh, retired. At that time, AJW had a mandatory retirement age of 26 for all its roster members. Yeah, Aja Kong has been around for quite a long while. I was so surprised when you uh, had her in here and uh, she started under her real name and then became Aja Kong because I remember her. Uh, being part of the uh, Survivor Series uh, against Alunder Blaze's team. Not that there were many people uh, available. uh, But they were going to have uh, the women's division that way. I thought I heard a rumor that they were going to put Aja Kong against uh, Alunder Blaze. Uh, I was going to say WrestleMania or something like that. 
but then all of a sudden that whole deal with the uh, women in Japan ended and next thing you know they released Alunder Blaze or Medusa as we definitely uh, know her um, and they forgot to get the title offer and we saw the dumping of the belt in the trash but it was supposed to be a program with Aja Kong yep but they trashed the whole thing and you know at that time the women's division was very weak not not as far as the wrestling because i mean between the lender blaze and bull and the candle they had some amazing matches um one of the best matches i've seen live was them and uh you know i can't say enough about those two but unfortunately that's about all they had yeah um, over in uh, japan they had a really strong uh, women's contingent. That's what uh, a lot of the women that came over for that Survivor Series were from was Japan. But as you're to your point uh, with the women's division in WD or WF, it was here's Alundra and here's our flavor of the month. Yep. She's gone or she gets the title. Alundra gets it back. New person and just constantly rotating. And they, they were actually athletes. It wasn't the Playboy bunnies and divas that we end up getting but there just was a lack of it unlike how you had that little middle ground between trish lita jazz and all them plus the uh divas and now it's i'd say 90 percent now more athletes compared to yes divas. yes at, at that time i seen that match at uh the ice house in fact it was the wwf's last show at the ice house and uh maybe there was a half to half uh, the seats were full but they put on like a good 20 minutes solid just wrestling and uh even with a controversial finish and jack cunny came out and it, it was just a really really good match yeah they knew what so they were we're gonna move on to there we go. 29 years ago in Tijuana, Mexico, El Hijo de Santo defeated Esperanto Jr. to win the WWA World Welterweight Championship. 26 years ago today, WCW Uncensored 95. Uh, this event was voted the worst major wrestling show of that year by Wrestling Observer Newsletter fans. Uh, fans would be given the shaft as this was the ultimate surprise of Hogan's that ended up being not the debut of the Ultimate Warrior, but the debut of his bad clone, the Renegade. Uh, also on that show, the Blacktop Bully defeated Dustin Rhodes in a King of the Road match. Uh, this match was on a 53-foot flatbed uh, trailer that had a cage built on it with the sections uh, that the wrestlers had to get through and ding a bell at the end, all while the cage was taken for a drive through the beautiful uh, Georgia area. Uh, I like this match because it was neat, uh, looked good on TV, um, beautiful Georgia skyline. And most fans took a shot on it, but I thought for what it was, they, they did a pretty good uh, job. Sean, what were your thoughts on that match? Yeah, uh, that one I thought was very underrated uh, because, and it actually opened up the pay-per-view, but to find out later on that it was heavily cut apart uh, and filmed a couple days beforehand, uh, and eventually ended up losing both Barry Darso and Dustin Rhodes their jobs was utterly ridiculous. Like the match was on a pay-per-view called Uncensored. 
where everything was supposed to be legal. But because they drew some blood in this unsanctioned match, first of its kind, they both got fired. I I, I don't get it. It's WCW. And since they pre-taped it, why didn't they blur out maybe the blood or something? Like, it just didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, they could have uh, corrected things or just had them redo something again. Um, a very unique match. Uh, I don't know about the whole needing to crawl through haystacks and all this other stuff just to blow a horn, but we also have things like ambulance matches and buried alive matches. So I guess anything goes in that regards. And, you know, uh, bull rope matches uh, or strap matches where you have to touch four corners. So blowing a horn, yeah. But just odd that Barry and uh, Dustin end up losing their jobs. However, at the same time, had they not lost their jobs, we might not have ever gotten gold dust. That is true. Dustin ended up going over to WDF after that. And we were blessed to have it. Yeah. Also on the card, Ming defeated Hacksaw Jim Duggan in a martial arts match. Yuck. Uh, Johnny B. Bad defeated Aaron Anderson in a boxer versus wrestler match. Uh, the Nasty Boys uh, defeated Harlem Heat in a Texas Tornado match. And Hulk Hogan defeated Vader in a leather strap match, even though Flair was the man tied to the strap at the end of the match. Uh, the rumored reason for this was because Hogan nor Vader wanted to do a clean job for the other. Shocking. 20, 21 years ago, WCW presented the final Uncensored. Uh, Norman Smiley and the Kiss Demon defeated Lenny Lane in Rave. Uh, Brian Nobbs defeated Three Count uh, in a three-on-one handicap match to win the WCW Hardcore Championship. The Harris Brothers, Ron and Don, defeated the Mamelukes, Big Vito and Johnny the Bull, to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. Uh, Dustin Rhodes defeated Terry Funk in a bull rope match. Sting defeated the Total Package in Lumberjacks with Cast's match. And Hulk Hogan defeated Ric Flair in a Yabbate Indian strap match. Yeah, um, it's kind of weird. And I totally remember uh, Hogan and all uh, that lead up always going, the Yabbate, Yabbate. And it's like, <laughs> can you just say it's a strap match, you freaking moron? And hey, Dustin Rhodes was in a uh, bull rope match with Terry Funk. So he got his job back with Terry. With WCW all those years uh, later, so that's what, uh, uh, six years later he was back, and he didn't get fired for that one, so. No, no, he did not. Never say never. In the I don't think at that time they could, you know, they really wanted to fire him because he was one of the top guys they had as far as wrestling ability. Exactly. Uh, 20 years ago, WCW presented Monday Nitro. Eric Bischoff made an announcement that the next edition of Nitro, a night of champions, would be the last on the Turner's network. Uh, that was the only that wasn't the only bad news of the night, as the fans also had to sit through the last taping of Thunder. Uh, the main event of Thunder was Scott Steiner and Jeff Jarrett defeating Dustin Rhodes in a handicap match. Twenty yeah, years remember, ago. Go I ahead. remember that episode where just all of a sudden Booker, as you see in this picture, he's on the ramp and then there's a call in from eric bischoff and he's talking about the future of wcw and this is when they were trying to uh get fusion media to uh buy it i think also um we probably will talk about it closer in may 
but uh, I believe one of the last or second last uh, WCW magazine that existed uh, was also preparing for the demise of WCW, basically, and the purchase by uh, Eric Bischoff because they were advertising for a pay-per-view that was supposed to happen that didn't uh, called the Big Bang in uh, May. And hmm. uh, there was a little details. I probably find them pictured later on, or um, I figure we're going to talk about maybe in May uh, when it was supposed to happen. But uh, yeah, it was just all preparing for this uh, reset that was going to happen when WCW was going to be off for a while and that's what he was announcing that night of course we're gonna yeah the, the 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 reset was just uh kind of dumb it would have been better if they just said okay there's a big battle royal tonight and the last four or five guys get championships um yeah. going on uh 20 years ago on raw is war edging christian would win the wwf tag titles after defeating the hardy boys only to lose them about an hour later to the deadly boys Rhino and Spike Dudley both made their WWF debuts, and Raven defeated the Big Show to win the WWF Hardcore Championship. 19 years ago, at a SmackDown taping in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, William, William Regal defeated Diamond Dallas Page by submission to win the WWF European Championship. Also on the show was Rico, who would make his WWF main roster debut as the stylist to then-tag-team champions Billy and Chuck. And Kevin Nash in The Rock fought to a no contest. Post-match, the NWO got a new member, the returning X-Pac. Fourteen years ago on Raw, ECW champion Bobby Lashley became the first man, officially, to win the Master Lock Challenge by breaking out of Chris Masters' submission hold. On the same show, Edge won a 10-man Last Chance Battle Royal, last eliminating Ric Flair to enter the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 23. Ten years ago, Ring of Honor presented Manhattan Mayhem 4 from New York. Tommaso Ciampa defeated Grizzly Redwood. The All Night Express, Kenny King and Reet Titus defeated the Briscoes, Jay and Mark. Uh, the King of Wrestling, Chris Hero and Claudio Castanillo uh, defeated the Latin American Exchange, Hernandez and Homicide. Davey Richards defeated Christopher Daniels in a pure wrestling rules match. Under pure rules, competitors were limited to three rope breaks. And Eddie Edwards defeated Roderick Strong to win the ROH World Championship. And just to think, a lot of these guys that were on that show, uh, what was that, how many years ago? Ten years ago. A lot of them are uh, taking up uh, space on uh, WWE programming now, including uh, Tommaso Ciampa, uh, Claudio Castagnoli, which is uh, Cesaro, and of course, uh, you mm. got Roderick Strong over there. Uh, Christopher Daniels is over on AEW, uh, Eddie Edwards is over in Impact. So, a lot of guys are still hanging around and doing uh, their craft. Yes, always like Christopher Daniels. Eight years ago, TNA taped one night only, Hardcore Justice 2. This event would not air until three and a half months later. Uh, we had Bad Influence, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian defeat Generation Me, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, in a $20,000 ladder match. 
Uh, Shark Boy won the eight-man hardcore gauntlet match. Bob Holly, James Storm, and Magnus defeated Aces and Eights. Uh, Doc, or D-O-C, Mike Knox, and Wes Briscoe in the six-man elimination tag team match. Joseph Park, Park defeated J Judas Messias in a Monsters Ball match. And Brother Rent and Jeff Hardy defeated Aces and Eights, Bully Ray and Devon in a tables match. Also on that night, they taped one night only Tournament of Champions 2013. The show featured a one night tournament of past TNA World Champions. Bobby Roode would win the tournament. Uh, the losers were James Storm, um, Mr. Anderson, Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy, Austin Aries, Angle, Bully Ray, and Stick. I would give a lot more in the delivery of Mr. Anderson, but my wife is studying for exams. You mean Mr. Six years Anderson? Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> Anderson. Six years ago, Anderson. WWE. Fantastic. Six years ago, WWE announces that legendary uh, Suro or Puro. If someone can tell me how to pronounce that, that'd be great. Uh, wrestler Tatsumi Fujimi, for Fujinami, that's better, would be inducted into the their Hall of Fame. Fujinami, a former WWF Junior Heavyweight Champion and the protege of Antonio Noki, won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship six times and was a former NWA champ. It's a happy birthday, 34th, to April Jeanette Brooks, best known to wrestling fans as A.G. Lee. Born April Jeanette Mendez in Union City, New Jersey, Brooks met then-WWF diva Lita at age 12 in a autograph signing. After graduating from high school, April saved up money to support her family and enrolled in wrestling school. She would spend six months enrolled in New York University's Teach School of the Arts, then began working full-time and enrolled in a nearby wrestling school in 2007, training under Jay Lethal. Wrestling as Miss April, her and Jay Lethal won the co-promoted WSU National Wrestling Superstars King and Queen of the Ring Tournament. Defeating uh, Janny and Danny De Demento, or Demento uh, in the final. In May, she left WSU and vacated her half of the WSU tag titles for a shot at the WWE. She would attend the WWE tryout camp and sign with them in May of 2009 and start in FCW. She would hold the Queen's crown in FCW and become the FCW Divas champion. Uh, AJ Lee made her WWE television debut as a participant on the third season of NXT, and she would finish third with the most wins at six. AJ and Caitlin would make their main roster debuts together in May 2011 as the Chickbusters. Of course, she would go on to great success, holding titles, and even became the GM of Raw. And she did all of that in, what, four or five year span? Yeah, Something like that once she got to the WWE. It was a very short span, and then she was uh, in a relationship uh, with uh, John Cena on camera, uh, Daniel Bryan, and ultimately uh, Kane as well, and then CM Punk, and that became an actual uh, marriage with uh, her and uh, Phil. Uh, I think she uh, didn't last much longer after uh, Phil left the WWE, uh, seven years ago, but she finished out her uh, contract before uh, leaving, which wasn't much 
more. Um, she's written a book. Um, I just find it odd. Uh, you mentioned, and we've showed the picture of her uh, WD appearance as a child or a teenager crying, getting her autograph from Lita. And then you think about some interesting relationship histories where <laughs> is CM Punk at one point was with Maria Canellis, but then Lita and then AJ Lee. So kind of weird little thing between those three uh, mm -hmm. history-wise and uh, relationships. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And I it's cool they, when you get to see some fans, people that were fans actually become wrestlers. So that's uh, quite uh, neat to see. We're moving nice on to... Sorry, go ahead. Back. Sorry, it'd be nice if they both were able to have, find a way of coming back to WWE because AJ being a part of it and the women that are there now, there are some uh, dream matches that are being left off the, like on the floor that will never happen unless they can find a way of reconciling with the company. I think at some point they will reconcile whether or not they ever, you know, join them as, as far as wrestling again. I, I would not be surprised only because the trend seems to be retire at an earlier age recoup yourself and then go back and you know have either your swan song or try to have a career again so we'll, we'll see what happens um march 20th 38 years ago in msg in new york city wwf champion bob backland defeated wwf ic champion don morocco in a texas death match 27 years ago wwf presented wrestlemania 10 uh, the tagline was 10 years in the making. Uh, 18,000 and change were in attendance with only 200,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. That was down from 100,000 from the previous year. This would be the first WrestleMania without Hulk Hogan. It would feature two WWF championship belts, uh, the first television televised ladder match in company history, and the last afternoon pay-per-view event. I'm just moving on through here. Um, if you would like to quickly run down the card, I would yeah. uh, be more than happy with that. For sure. Uh, well, I was, I'm showing some pictures of with uh, Sean and uh, Razor Ramon. Diesel had been kicked out of the arena at that time. Uh, I'm hearing uh, on somebody's podcast, I heard that one of these uh, sort of shots of pictures is uh, most demanded picture of uh, fans to get Razor Ramon to sign, nope. even though he's on the uh, receiving end of the splash. Uh, <laughs> of course, a tremendous opening with brother versus brother. Uh, Owen taking out his brother, uh, Brett, in the starter of the match. Uh, then uh, culminated with Brett winning the title at the end of the night. But Oh, you don't have the picture of Owen in the background. No, I wasn't able to find that one. But it's in, um, if people joined us uh, last night for Fantasy Warfare Tournament, this one actually beat the uh, came out top of the 16 that we uh, did because of how much history and nostalgia is there. You had special guest referees in Piper and uh, Hennig. You had two title matches uh in a untraditional triangle sort of uh, scenario where two people went against each other and later on the winner had to go against somebody else. And that's why Brett had his match early. So 
there was guaranteed that both of them were going to have two matches. Some Nobody was coming in fresh as a daisy. And I mentioned uh, that last night, thankfully it happened at that time because if it was today and Brett and uh, Luger went over the top rope together and you couldn't decide who was going to win uh, the Royal Rumble, they weren't going to have the scenario that you had to WrestleMania 10. It was going to be a triple threat match. And here you go, Luger, Hart, and uh, Yoko together. No uh, Owen versus Brett. So we were kind of spoiled in this case by getting such a great card with a lot of downplay. Because uh, if you see in behind this picture of Owen and Brett, that X representing WrestleMania 10 was the entrance. There was no flash, no LEDs, no all this stuff that we get today on a regular WD show and what we're going to see uh, when they go to uh, Raymond James Stadium in uh, Tampa Bay in just a couple of weeks. Uh, that's going to be a huge stage as well. And yeah, so different contrasts. And I bet you more people could remember stuff that happened on this show than any other uh, recent WrestleManias. I would uh, uh, 95% agree with that statement. Um, also on the card, I think Men on the Mission won the champion, uh, the tag team champion uh, uh, belts from the Quebecers. Oh, no, they didn't buy count out, so they didn't win. And nothing else as far as championships were on that uh, match, except, of course, Razor and Shawn Michaels in the awesome ladder match. We're going to move on now. 21 years ago on Raw is War. Triple H defeated The Rock and The Big Show in a triple threat match to retain the WWF Championship. After the match, Triple H received a shock from CEO Linda McMahon as she announced that the main event to WrestleMania would be a fatal four-way match, pitting Triple H, The Rock, The Big Show, and the unretired McFoley. And on top of that, there would be a McMahon and Evie wrestler's corner. 13 years ago, WWE suspends Afa Anoyi uh, Jr. for 30 days following a violation of the WWE wellness policy. Afa Jr. had been only on WWE programming for a short while and would briefly join Randy Orton's legacy in late 2008. He would be released in February of 2009. Moving on to March 21st. 30 years ago, WCW New Japan presented WCW New Japan Super Show, a.k.a. Starcade 91 from the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan. Some of the matches on the card were Jusen Thunder Liger defeated Akira Nogami to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Arn Anderson and Barry Windham defeated Masa Sato and Mashihiro Chono. The Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott, defeated Hashiro, Hashiri, uh, Hass, and Kenzuki Sasaki to win the IWGP Tag Team Championship. The Great Muda defeated Sting, and the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, Tatsumi Fujinami, defeated WCW World Champion Ric Flair to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. 
In Japan, the NWA title and the WC, uh, w, the WCW were not considered the same title. So the ending had Flair dumped over the top rope, which was a DQ for the WCW belt, but not for the NWA title. So the match continued and Fujinami pulled out a victory for the Japan audience. Uh, this is another weird ending to a match due to the fact that this match was to be aired in North America the following month. Uh, Flair's WCW world title was not on the line, yet on the American version of the show, the match was considered a title versus title uh, bout. Hopefully that is as clear as mud for you. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Interesting 26 world. years ago, at a Monday Night Raw taping, a match that was cut from WrestleMania 10 due to time uh, constraints took place. It was the Head Shrinkers, Tattoo and Samu, uh, Jeff Jarrett, Rick Martel, and IRS defeating the Smoking Guns, uh, the One Two Three Kid, Sparky Plug, and Tatanka. The April Fourth episode also featured the debut of Shawn Michaels' new talking segment, The Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll end up uh, probably talking about that uh, in future. Well, this was when uh, WD was actually doing. Uh, two or three episodes of uh, Rod in one sitting. That's why they were able to do uh, the Heartbreak Hotel segment that didn't uh, appear until April 4th. Meanwhile, this was done on March what 20th or something? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do believe. 23 years ago, WWF presented the Slammy Awards from the Weston Hotel in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, the show airing live on USA Network and was the last Slammy Awards until 2008. On this edition, uh, some of the awards were, was the new sensation was Rocky Maivia. Match of the year was Brett versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 12. Uh, the best bow tie, uh, no winner, but Owen Hart stole the Slammy. Uh, Lifetime Achievement Award went to Arnold Skoland, and the Miss Slammy went to Sable. 21 years ago today, ECW presented Living Dangerously. Uh, we saw Super Crazy defeat Yashiro Tajiri. RVD defeated Jerry Lynn to retain the ECW World Television belt. Originally, the referee awarded the match entitled to Lynn. However, Lynn asked for five more minutes to get a clean winner and lost the match. Silly man. Spike Dudley and Nova defeated the Dudley boys. Uh, and uh, Nova uh, was injured during the match and replaced by Sid Vicious. Uh, Taz defeated Sabu by technical submission to unify the ECW and FTW World Heavyweight Championships. Sabu passed out in the Taz mission to end the match. Ten years ago, TNA presented Destination X. Uh, we saw Frankie Kazarian defeat Brian Kendrick, the Amazing Red, and Christopher Daniels in the latter match to become the number one contender for the TNA X Division belt. The band Scott Hall and Six Pack defeated Kevin Nash and Eric Young with Nash turning on Young at the end of the match. Matt Morgan and Hernandez defeated Beer Money Inc., Robert Roode, and James Storm to retain the TNA World Tag Team Championship. And AJ Styles and Abyss fought it to a no contest for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. At the end of the match, Abyss choke slammed Styles through the ring. There was a lot of post-match shenanigans, ending with Flair and Desmond Wolf swallowed by the ring hole. 
uh, Hogan and Abyss celebrated. A lot of these guys are working for uh, WWE right now. Yes. In that picture, you had uh, Abyss, uh, AJ, and uh, Flair. And recently, Abyss, or Joseph Park, was with AJ Styles. And AJ Styles now is with Omos. Really bad uh, booking right there. But um, Hogan, obviously, is with WWE. He's going to be doing his uh, NWO induction this uh, WrestleMania. Also co-hosting with Titus O'Neil. And um, Desmond Wolf is uh, Nigel McGuinness, uh commentator. So, yeah, a lot of. I'm uh, predicting with the the um, effects that they now have that they can put 3D stuff and that. Um, I, I I I'm gonna. I believe that at um, the awards ceremony or at WrestleMania, sometime there'll be a spray paint of NWO that's gonna go on the building, on the field, or somewhere. I just. I kind of, and if they don't do it, they drop the ball. Uh, six years ago today in Tijuana, Mexico, Pedro Aguayo Ramirez, best known to wrestling fans as Piro Aguayo Jr., dies after suffering a fatal spinal injury during a match for Mexican independent promotion, The Crash. He was just 35. Uh, Pedro was born July 23rd, 1979. His father was lucha legend uh, Piro Aguato. Uh, Pedro uh, made his wrestling debut at age 15. Was the leader of Rudo Stable Peros de Mal, or Dogs of Evil, in the mid-2000s. Pedro had two runs in AAA and wrestled for CMLL. He was the 95 Wrestling Observer Newsletter Rookie of the Year in 2012. Triple A Ray DeRay's winner um, won Tag Team Championships with World Wrestling Association, CMLL, and Triple A. Pedro had completed, uh, competed in 13 wager matches, such as Hair versus Hair or Hair versus Mask in his career, winning them all. On March 20th, 2015, Aguayo uh, suffered a cervical stroke during a match with Manic against Rey Mysterio and Extreme Tiger. The cervical stroke was caused by having a C1, C2, and C3 vertebrae, vertebrae broken. Even though there was concern that Aguayo had not been attended to in a timely manner and proper medical equipment was not available due to a previous injury, the coroner ruled it would have made no difference as the fractures killed him almost instantaneously. Less than a month after his death, the Mexican Senate Sports Commission introduced an initiative to regulate combat sports nationwide in the country, including a code of ethics, a consultation, Consolidation of agencies and granting federal licenses. Pereo Aguayo Jr. was posthumously inducted into the Triple A Hall of Fame that summer. And today would have been the 114th birthday of the man known as the father of Lucha Libre, Salvatore uh, Luthroth Gonzalez. Seen there, he was born in Colatlan. Jalisco, Mexico, and raised in Mexico City. Uh, Luth Roth would discover wrestling at Liberty Hall in El Paso, Texas, falling in love with the sport. In 1933, Ruth Rowe brought the sport of professional wrestling to his native Mexican, uh, so t- to his native Mexico, and formed his own promotion. 
Impresa Mexicana de Lucha Libre with financial partner Francisco Amanda. Uh, the promotion would consist of many masked superhero style wrestlers and a fast action compared to the Americans. By the mid-50s, Luth Roth uh, passed on control of EML L to his son Chavo. The company would join the National Wrestling Alliance and gain worldwide following. Now known as Wrestling World Wrestling Council, the company still promotes weekly events to this day, marking CMLL, the oldest promotion in professional wrestling. Luth Roth died on September 6th, 1987. Moving on to March 22nd, 40 years ago in Greensboro, Paul Jones and the Masked Superstar defeated Ray Stevens and Ivan Koloff to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Now, here's a little bit of uh, maybe known fact to some of the fans watching, depending on how uh, old of uh, wrestling fans uh, their fandom goes back. But are you aware of who the Masked Superstar is, Jonesy? The Masked Superstar, I, I've been told before, I want... And you know, I want to say it's uh, Axe, but I honestly can't remember. Yep, it is Axe. Oh, there you go. The demolition. Yes. Uh, March 22nd, 40 years ago in Greensboro. Oh, no, I already said that one. 28 years ago, Brian Christopher and Scotty Flamingo defeated the Moondogs for the USWA tag team title. FYI, we don't normally include the USWA changes because how often some titles change hands. And that includes a lot of uh, other um, belt, belts and that that are changed so often, we just don't mention them very often. But because well, of the name Scotty Flamingo and the Moondogs, I just had to squeeze that in. Yeah, and it's not surprising that a lot of titles changed hands uh, in USWA and who some of the recipients were, considering if their last name was Lawler, they got a lot of... Uh, volleying back and forth of uh, titles. But yeah, uh, as you saw, Scotty Flamingo, who became Johnny Polo, who became Raven in that picture with Grandmaster Sexay. Mm -hmm. 22 years ago on Raw's War, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated the Big Slow, Paul White in his WWF in-ring debut. Uh, the opening segment of the show had Austin driving a beer truck down the aisle and treat Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, and The Rock to a beer bath. Of course, Vince McMahon showed everyone how to swim in the shallow puddle of beer. 17 years ago at ROH Night of Champions in Philly, Samoa Joe defeated Xavier by submission to win the ROH Championship, holding it for a record 645 days. 17 years ago, WWE presented its first ever draft lottery on Raw. Each general manager from Raw and SmackDown, Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman, each had a tumbler with the other show's roster. Each manager would pick six names from their bins. Any name picked out would be moved to the opposite uh, show. Out of the six names picked by Bischoff, one name picked was Heyman. So Heyman quit because he did not want to work for Bischoff. My question is, why would Bischoff's name be in the drum in the first place if he is the general manager of the other show? This is partly why I stopped following a lot of the WWE was because of this nonsensical storytelling. Uh, Sean, can you make sense of this? Okay, it makes a little bit of sense because at the time of them uh, battling, they're uh, trying to be a superior show. But if you ended up getting drawn to go to the other show, 
because everybody was fair game uh, at that time, right? As long as you were, say, a raw uh, employee, you got, were in Heyman's uh, Tumblr and vice versa for Bischoff's. And if you happen to be drawn in this case, you kind of lost your job as general manager, and that brand would have had to find a new uh, general manager. And, of course, then, in this case also, Bischoff would have had sort of the last laugh on uh, Heyman for taking his job and basically giving him a demotion because he would have had to find Heyman a job, whether it was selling popcorn or being a manager or something, but he was not going to be a general manager like he was just moments before. So it's kind of the dink around. It makes sense in the wrestling world, but I still don't like that. I think it's dumb. It's like putting a coach's uh, like in there. It just makes no sense um, to me. It does make sense in the wrestling world. So uh, moving on, uh, Batista and Ric Flair defeated Booker T and RBD to win the World Tag Team Championship. Chris Benoit defeated Rhino to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. And Eddie Guerrero defeated Triple H by DQ to retain the WWE Championship. 11 years ago on TNA Impact, Jeff Jarrett defeated Mick Foley in a no-DQ career versus career match. With the loss, Foley was fired from TNA. Of course, he wasn't really fired. He was just given a four-month break because TNA was quickly using up his contracted number of matches. On his way out, Foley punches Bubba the Love Sponge and legitimately bloodies his nose and gives him a black eye. Of course, he would apologize later to Bubba and everything was cool. Ten years ago at a SmackDown taping, Wade Barrett defeated Kofi Kingston to win the WWE IC Championship. March 23rd, 37 years in Singapore, Ric Flair defeated Harley Race to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship three days after he lost the title to Race in New Zealand. Neither of the title changes are recognized by the NWA or WWE. Fortunately for them, they are recognized by us here at This Week in Wrestling History. 29 years ago in Memphis, Brian Christopher defeated Jimmy Valiant to win the USWA Southern Heavyweight Championship for his first of 25 glorious reigns. Shocking. Yes, shocking. In USWA. I do believe, actually, the... the, um, uh, the square is, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to do kind of a joke. Uh, the square root of 25, or sorry, the square root of Lawler's uh, number of championships equals Brian Christopher's reigns as champion okay. or something like that. 24 years ago, WWF presented WrestleMania 13. Uh, this mania is the lowest buy rate for a WrestleMania ever. Uh, pre-WW Network, of course, and the building wasn't a sellout. Uh, WrestleMania 13, which was, uh, the tagline was Heat, uh, and it was on March 23rd, 1997 at the Rosemont Horizon, and approximately 8,000 and change attended. Uh, the commentators, uh, some of the special ones, was Honky Tonk for the IC match, and Shawn Michaels for the main event. Uh, and uh, if you would like to go down through the matches, um, that would be swell. 
Yeah, if you can see on the screen right now, uh, those who are watching uh, the video version, I have a uh, mon. Uh, somebody put together a uh, collage with all of them on there, and you had uh, the Chicago street fight with uh, LOD against the Nation. Uh, they also had Ahmed Johnson with LOD on that one. Uh, they used everything but the kitchen sink, but they might have even had the kitchen sink there. Um, of course, Owen and the Bulldog defended against Vader and Mankind. There was a uh, four-way tag team with the Blackjacks, uh, Headbangers, Furnace and Lafon, and the Godwins. Uh, of course, we also saw the Sultan, or Rikishi, uh, as we've found out later on, taking on uh, Rocky Marvia for the IC title. Uh, Rocky Johnson showed up. Uh, there was Triple H against Goldust. And then the two bigger matches of the uh, card consisted of uh, Sid challenging uh, Undertaker for the uh, championship. And, uh, of course, the one that people remember the most, uh, Ken Shamrock being the referee for Steve Austin and Bret Hart in the double uh, change of... Uh, Attitudes. That was the double switch where Austin went from heel to babyface and Brett went from uh, babyface to heel. And he had the blood uh, just dream dripping down uh, Steve's face. Might be underrated, but uh, has some standout matches for sure. Absolutely. And uh, when I hear the Sultan, I just think of the the uh, headgear he did have the big candied kiss um i i do wonder on that new wwe show that they're going to be doing uh going around and finding artifacts of old wwf and blah 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 if uh, that might show up so we're moving on 20 years ago wwf announces via press release that they bought wcw and finally crushed the competition 17 years ago at a smackdown taping Oh, there, there's the cell WCW. Uh, I actually like that logo and the set when they used the logo when it opened up on uh, Nitro. It's the exploding vagina. Well, that too, but I, 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 you know, I still like it. I think it's a, a really just a nice looking logo. I kind of like the one that WDE ended up doing after they ended up uh, buying it. Yeah, that uh, one was simpler. Yeah. But it was sleek. It, it was nice too. Uh, 17 years ago at a SmackDown taping, a Kurt Angle announces he is the new general manager of SmackDown, replacing Paul Heyman, who got screwed. Uh, also on the show, Bradshaw introduces his new gimmick, John Bradshaw Layfield. Yeah. 13 years ago today, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Giant Bernard to win the 2008 New Japan Cup and an IWGP Heavyweight Championship match. Uh, Tanahashi would fail in his title match against Shinsuke, Shin, Shinsuke Nakamura a week later. And March 24th, 30 years ago, WWF presented another WrestleMania, this one being number seven. Uh, and the tagline was Stars and Stripes Forever. Uh, their pay-per-view audience would drop from 160,000 from the previous year, and they moved the event from the 92,000 LA Memorial Coliseum to the LA Sports Arena next door. Some say this move was due to security reasons, uh, and others say it was because the ticket sales were slow. 
No matter where the venue was, this event did have some fantastic matches in it. I'm sorry, and I'll get to you in just a second. And the date of that was, of course, in 1991 on March 24th. Uh, quickly going through all the stuff here. Some of the commentators on this. Um, uh, Duggan, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, which actually wasn't a horrible commentator for the Rockers Haku Barbarian uh, match. And Alfred Hayes was for the Bossman Mr. Perfect. And Regis Philman was also on the commentating team for the Hogan Slaughter match. Uh, do, 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 do. Of course, Alex Trebek uh, was there for doing interviews and Marlon Maples. And I think Alex Trebek might have also um, announced one of the matches. I honestly, yes, he did. The main event, there it is. Uh, and the, do, 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 that's about it. Oh, and of course, uh, Willie Nelson did the national anthem. And if you'd like to go through the um, matches and, oh, yeah, the celebrities. Uh, also, there was a bunch. There was George Steinbrenner, Paul McGuire, Macaulay Culkin, Donald Trump, Beverly Delangelo, mm -mm -mm, and Henry Winkler. Quite the uh, arraignment of uh, celebrities that were there. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, as you see uh, on the screen, another uh, montage of uh, the montage. events that happened. And, yeah, I, I think it was uh, probably a, low, a lot of low-ticket sales. It didn't help that the Gulf War was happening and the story that they had going on with uh, Slaughter. He had a lot of uh, death threats uh, to his uh, himself and his family during this uh, time of being an Iraqi sympathizer, but we had uh, Tenor and Katao end up beating uh, Demolition. Though this picture uh, does not have the proper version of Demolition, it was actually Smash and Crush. Uh, Ted DiBiase and uh, Virgil went against each other. It was supposed to be Brody Piper, but he ended up in a motorcycle accident and was in Virgil's corner. Uh, lame match of uh, Earthquake and uh, Valentine, but weeks beforehand, Brutus Beefcake showed up in a mask that was uh, the Mariner. Uh, they found a, a name for him. Um, and he was rescuing people from Earthquake, and then that went nowhere. He didn't even show up there. Nasty Boys beat the Hurt Foundation for the tag team titles. That was the Hurt Foundation's last uh, run as tag team champions. LOD destroyed. Um, Power and Glory in No Time Flat. I actually like Power and Glory as a team. It's a shame yes. what happened. Uh, they had they, actually a really good finisher. Oh, yeah. And some, uh, I think uh, FTR are using that one over in AEW. The Rockers uh, had Face of Fear. There was the, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember if it was Power Slam or if it was uh, Full Nelson uh, Challenge. Uh, Full Nelson versus Full Nelson with the uh, Warlord and David Boy Smith, the blindfold match with Jake and Rick Martel. Of course, Tito Santana made his uh, yearly appearance and won against the Mountie. Uh, Dino Bravo and Texas Tornado. Bossman ended up not getting the Intercontinental title on his last um, man of uh, the Heenan family to go after. Heenan had been tormenting the Bossman with your mama jokes. Uh, the whole time. And, <laughs> yeah, amazing. Uh, the streak began with Undertaker taking out Jimmy Superfly Snuka in his uh, debut uh, WrestleMania match. And, of course, the two big matches were a uh, career-ending match with Warrior and Savage. One of uh, my favorite matches, uh, definitely 
Um, everybody knows I'm a savage mark, but you had Elizabeth make the save when Sherry turned on him, and then, of course, Slaughter losing the title to Hogan and the flag waving uh, and everybody going home happy, and it was a big, my, my, Miss American Pie moment and a huge amount of patriotism, which obviously was needed at that time with the Gulf War going on, but, yeah, it was fully USA. Yes, this was one of my favorite uh, WrestleManias. I, th- I think it, it had a great mix of uh, great matches, breakout matches, some snores, but uh, all in all, um, especially when it was almost like a co-main event, uh, the, the Hogan-Slaughter match I thought was actually pretty good, and the lead-up was one of the best as far as I think Hogan got another good run um, for himself with going with Slaughter because Slaughter was just – he hit a home run every time he went out there. Some of his, you know, um, uh, speeches would go on a little too damn long, but uh, he did a great job of coming off as just a complete ass. Yeah, and I think uh, it's probably through WDE, uh, but it's definitely on YouTube. Uh, you can actually find Slaughter and Hogan sitting together on a couch. Uh, it's happened within the last couple of years. And they're watching that match and commentating it or uh, giving memories of uh, that time. But just they were very timely in uh, what was going on in the uh, world at that time. And I remember not being able to see the pay-per-view when it happened because it was during a time where pay-per-view was like, "Eh, do you spend the money, don't you? But my geography teacher, Mr. Gooder, had uh, the satellite. And recorded it on uh, VHS and uh, brought it into our geography class. And that was a whole week's worth of geography. Was watching. Nice. Yeah. uh, Seven. So, yes, a definite shout out to uh, Mr. Gooder, that teacher, fantastic uh, teacher who uh, actually made, uh, made me a better student, or at least just for his course, but a better student. Uh, 25 years ago, WCW presented Uncensored. About 9,000 were in attendance for this shit show of a main event. Its pay-per-view numbers were up, but it would be voted the worst major show of the year by Wrestling uh, Observer Newsletter for the second straight year. Uh, I'm just going to kind of skip the whole show uh, because really this event wasn't the greatest uh the main event was just yuck. Uh, if you'd like to kind of go through um, kind of <laughs> this uh, match, what the fuck was going on there? Yeah, as you see with the picture, it was the Doomsday Cage match. There was a coalition to end Hulkamania. It uh, consisted of like the Dungeon of Doom and the Horsemen, and then they brought in... Uh, the ultimate solution, or whatever you want to be called, I think they had to change the name because they name uh, got reference to uh, like the Holocaust, so they had to change that uh, up. I forget what they name they settled on uh, fully, and then Z Gangsta showed up as well, and that was just uh, Zeus, Tiny Lister, uh, who just recently passed away, as they were like the last two bosses. It was almost like going through a real life version of double dragon 
because it was yes. having, it was like having uh, the Mega Powers Hogan and Savage having to go through the streets or these cages. They started at the top, and you can see on the right hand side all the little staircases yeah. to, there. But they started up at the top, and they went against uh, two guys. And then they had to escape that one to go to the middle tier, which though that was divided into two smaller cages, and they had to go against uh, some people and get through that one. Uh, Luger, I think, was and Flair were down in the middle one, and then they made their way down to the bottom cage. But then somehow they ended up out of the whole thing, over to the main ring, battled, and somehow made their way back to this monstrosity cage where the ring is there in the bottom and then that's where the gangster and the solution guys showed up uh just a cluster and everybody escaped their cages and came down and so it was a big melee that got saved by brutus beefcake arriving with uh aluminum frying pans that <laughs> helped hogan and savage magically win this match which i thought escaping the cage would have ended up allowing that to be the end but then they made it back and yeah it's a cluster that if you want to have your mind blown go look it up it is a fun match to watch uh because of the the commentating because they don't know what even is going on so it uh I will say as a fan, uh, especially if I was in attendance, I would not have been disappointed of the show simply for the reason of that was a, a cool looking structure they built. It's just they didn't think the the, the whole thing through. But uh, I think the, the construction workers that put that sucker together did a fantastic job. Uh, 19 years ago in Japan, Meshishiro Chono and Hiroshi Tenzan defeated Yugi Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi in a tournament final to win the vacated IWGP Tag Team Championship. And look at, oh man, so that's, that's some cool looking shit. I, I wish, uh, uh, sometimes I wish I would have uh, watched a lot more of the uh, Japanese uh, wrestling and all that because that's just awesome outfits, man. Yeah, um, they uh, named themselves Cho Ten. Oh, yes, it is. Yes. 18 years ago on Raw, Chief Morley declares himself one half of the world tag team champions when William Regal is stripped of his half of the titles due to what was thought to be a stomach virus but turned out to be a serious heart condition that would keep him out of action for more than a year. 18 years ago, former WCW world champion Bill Goldberg signs with the WWE. It's a happy 56th birthday to the officially retired Lord of Darkness, Mark William Calloway, The Undertaker. And just a little bit on him, uh, the Phenom was born in Houston, Texas on March 24th, 1965. He is the youngest of five boys. Before becoming the dead man, he enrolled at a Texas uh, Westland University where he majored in sports management and played as a center for the Rams in the 85-86 season. Uh, Callaway would drop out of college and after deciding not to play basketball in Europe, he would focus on pro wrestling. Of course, he would go on to great success. Interestingly, his first match was under a mask and ring named Texas Red. He would be accompanied to the ring by Perse 
Percival, Percy Pringle, and wood wrestler Bruiser Brody. Of course, Percy Pringle uh, would eventually become Paul Bear. Yes. And it's a happy, of course, or sorry, it's the same guy. Happy birthday to the American badass. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's interesting uh, where, uh, as you said, Percy was part of his debut match and uh, Brody. Uh, there's a story on one of the documentaries of uh, Deputy uh, just recently, and Brody just beat the hell out of him. And that's why uh, Percy was out there, just to direct him, because he was green as grass. And then to also know that Mark Calloway, or me, Mark Callis, was one of the original Heyman uh, guys as well. And, yeah, a lot of history uh, before he even donned the... Uh, Oh, absolutely, and 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 some of that, especially Percy Pringle being his, uh, you know, his first manager, it's foreshadowing uh, uh, in a you know in a story, kind of looking at what would will be. It's kind of it is cool. And finally, we're going to March twenty fifth, forty five years ago in Toronto, Ontario. WWF champion Bob Backlund and AWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Bockwinkle fought to a double countout. This was the first ever singles meeting between the AWA and WWWF World Champions. 19 years ago, the WWF held its first ever draft. This was the brand extension draft. It was essentially to roster split, uh, dividing the uh, WWF supersized roster to separate shows being Raw and, of course, SmackDown. The roster split would become effective on uh, April 1st episode of Raw. There was also matches on uh, that card. Uh, we had Taz defeat Mr. Perfect. Uh, Booker T and Christian defeated Diamond, Dallas Page, and Edge. NWO, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and X-Pac defeated Hulk Hogan and The Rock by DQ. And Triple H defeated Chris Jericho and Stephanie McMahon Helmsley in a triple threat match to retain the undisputed WWF championship with the loss. Stephanie was banished from the WWF. Banished for four months, of course, as she became the GM of SmackDown. Banishments and retirements do not last long in the wrestling world. Not really. And as you see up here on the screen, this is what the uh, results were of uh, the draft after it was done. And it was uh, Vince and uh, Ric Flair doing the drawings that year. But you had uh, WWF champion Triple H uh, and Jazz on the uh both rosters because they were uh, champions and free agent was stone cold. And then everybody else uh, divided over to their uh, respective shows, which is surprising because you see on this list undertaker is on raw, but I remember taker being more of a SmackDown guy uh, yes. for most of it, his career. And he kind of uh, established himself there. But what people don't kind of realize is that um, like somebody, people might think, a show, B show, and all this other stuff. But before they officially did this whole thing, they were already doing it on house shows because you would have one group go uh, to yes. the uh, shows, say, in Michigan, while others were in Ohio uh, or in Pennsylvania. And then by Monday, they would all meet up in Ohio for uh, Monday and Tuesday for Raw and SmackDown tapings. And they just intermix at that time, but they had different directions. In this case, this allowed them to establish these guys on one show, these guys on another. And instead of having 
Monday and two or Monday, Thursday, whatever uh, day SmackDown was on, seeing Stone Cold, The Rock, uh, Angle, Undertaker, all on both those days. You only saw them on the one day on TV and allowed a lot of the people underneath them to end up rising up. You eventually had the SmackDown 6 uh, with Edge and uh, Benoit and Christian uh, Angle and all them. They probably would not have been able to be successful had it been without the roster splits. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, me personally, I didn't like the split and the only reason why was now there's more wrestling to watch and I know some people are like, what are you know, but I don't want to, I, I didn't have time to watch Raw or the attention span to watch Raw and SmackDown. So of course they, and it was kind of good for them. They forced people to kind of choose which one they were going to watch. Um, and uh then of course, when they came to town, it's like okay, I hope I hope the raw people come because if it's SmackDown, I'm not going to know what the fuck's going on. But um, uh, London yeah. was lucky, of course, and always has been lucky. London, Ontario, I'm talking about our hometown because they would pretty much always get the the um, uh, card from Toronto because it would be Toronto, and then London was the next day. So um, usually there was really good shows there. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, like you said, there was just so much wrestling to watch. Being able to split it off like that, you didn't have to watch Monday and Thursday to keep in line with what uh, Chris Jericho was doing uh, that week. You'd only have to watch, say, Monday if he was on Raw and tune in the following Monday. So you didn't have to worry, oh, what did I just miss? It was good that they, of course, uh, uh, started doing the recap shows for those that didn't want to watch everything. Uh, moving on, because we're almost done, folks. Ten years ago, Kurt Angle was arrested in Grand Forks, North Dakota, after failing a field sobriety test and allegedly driving while intoxicated. There he is. Nine. Oh, no. Nine years ago, Progress Wrestling debuts with Chapter 1 in the beginning from The Garage in London, England. The Garage is a well-known venue in London and was a good fit for this strong style wrestling with a punk rock vibe. The promotion put in an emphasis on using wrestlers from the United Kingdom, uh, only occasionally using imports. Progress was established in 2011 by comedian Jim Smallman and events and comedy promoter John Briley. Uh, Progress Championship uh, semifinals included El Ligro, uh, Colossus Kennedy, Mike Manson, or Ma Mason, Colt Cabana, Marty Scrawl, Zach Zaber Jr., Nathan Cruz would become uh, Progress Wrestling's first champion and nice logo. See, I'd wear a shirt that 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 has that. Um, and eight years ago, we did uh, some uh, cross promotion cards with them. Uh, last, uh, what was it, SummerSlam 2019, when it was in Toronto? Uh, Progress and WXW and a couple others. Uh, uh, the one from uh, China all did a uh, weekend with uh, Smash and they did like eight shows uh, combined over uh, four days. And just before we get to our last story, um, 
where is it that uh, people can go to find pro wrestling tees? Oh, for our, uh, our stuff? Yeah. Uh, well, whether it's our stuff or just wrestling uh, uh, tees, oh. where would the best place to, uh, to go? Because I might actually look for that, um, that uh, um, Progress uh, um, shirt. I really like that. Yeah. Well, you can probably find Progress Wrestling or any of your favorite wrestlers, along with uh, Scumbags Wrestling t-shirts. You see the four uh, designs we have at ProWrestlingTees.com. And if you're looking for our stuff, it's ProWrestlingTees.com slash Scumbags Wrestling. And, of course, you are supporting a lot of things in this. And one of the things is um, entrepreneurship and, of course, the local artists. Uh, the guy that did that, very talented, um, fantastic look to it. Uh, yeah, Nigel, so, Lewis. Nigel Lewis did the uh, comic book uh, version, and uh, the money, uh, any sales from that one are going to Stevens Wrestling Journey for Carrie Malformation at uh, Children's Hospital in Toronto. Stevens is a huge uh, wrestling fan, uh, 10 years old, and uh, yeah, definitely need to support him. And finally, eight years ago today, Matt Hardy and Rebecca Reyes, who wrestled as Reba Sky, announced they're getting married. The couple would get married in October and now have three sons with the first names, Maxell, Wolfgang, and Bartholomew. Or Bartholomew. I don't think the Yule is in there, but uh, great mm. names, great names. Uh, so, of course, that's the end. This Week in Wrestling is compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, CagesideSeats.com, and most importantly, fa from fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. And, of course, our banter is filled with our own I think it's a little hail here in Niagara Falls, it sounds like. Oh, not surprised. Uh, I think we're supposed to get some stuff like that here in London. Uh, thunderstorm potentially and uh, rainy all weekend uh but yeah thank you for taking us through that uh trip through history you just sent me uh, a little while ago uh next week's show so i'll be uh, looking uh, through the internet for our uh, visuals later on tonight uh be sure to join steven and myself as we run down some of the weekend wrestling with the scumbags wrestling podcast on uh at 8 p.m we'll look back at fast lane probably fast version of that because uh, there was only a few things to, uh, of note. Uh, they're building towards WrestleMania uh, 37 happening in two weeks. And, of course, we will recap everything that was going on with the Ontario Indie March Madness Tournament that we run every day on our Facebook page, 7 a.m. and 12, give or take a little bit of time uh, due to our uh, work schedule. But uh, we are breaking down 64 uh, talent from uh, all of over Ontario. Some are from Michigan, some are from Buffalo, but they worked in Ontario. So they're in there. And we are starting to, yeah, today we started round number three and we will culminate on April 1st with crowning our winner, which also happens to be a podcast day. So uh, make sure you get in there and do your votes. Check back on some of our uh, prior posts because there's some amazing talent that cut some really good promos uh, just to entertain the fans and maybe garner some votes along the way. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, I gotta, I gotta say that uh, pretty Ricky wild uh, blows me away. He's pretty damn good on uh, uh, doing that stuff. 
I'm looking forward to seeing what Pretty, Pretty Ricky uh, comes up with. I'm uh, expecting a uh, video any day now because his uh, second, uh, third round is actually a triple threat because he tied with Shiloh, and uh, there's uh, bound to be a... Uh, yes, that should be quite uh, heated because uh, Shiloh also fired back. Um, uh, I think the promo was a little rough, but it, uh, it was uh, very amusing. Yeah, uh, so definitely tune into our Facebook page and uh, check that out. We're also uh, doing Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Uh, last night we did uh, the 16 of 32 uh, WrestleManias. Four got put to the wayside, but we got 32 WrestleManias we're looking at. We did the first 16. Next week we'll do 16 more. We're going to try and find what was the best WrestleMania. WrestleMania 10 came out from the bracket so far. And I don't know what will come out uh, to face it, but we'll uh, see what happens next week. Anything else that I've forgotten missed before I say thank uh, you? No, I, I would like to say if anyone um, uh, would like to uh, write in or whatever, um, I'm interested in hearing other people's um, arena stories, especially the older arenas uh, and house shows that they went to. Um, what they experienced, what it was like. Uh, a lot of my memories is is the stuff that was like on the walls, like this behind me, SummerSlam 89, I think it is. Um, that what used to be up in the London Gardens halls and stuff like that. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear more stories about that stuff. That'd be awesome. So yeah, definitely check us out. Uh, it's running along the uh, bottom, wrestling at gmail.com. Our Facebook page, uh, always send us a message that way. Uh, probably the quickest way you can get in touch with me. Instagram and Twitter, we're available. And just say, uh, yeah, use the fa uh, hashtags Fantasy Warfare, uh, FTW, This Week in uh, History, TWIH. Yeah, uh, we are scumbags. We'll uh, find it. We'll uh, bring up your stories if you want to join us and. Uh, share we'll uh, include you somehow in this uh but yeah we always want some fan interaction and uh yeah we appreciate you watching on youtube and facebook and listening to us on any of our platforms we're like on 10 different ones including stitcher spotify and iHeartRadio. radio we're part of the ontario indie wrestling podcast network here in ontario and the johnners uh podcasting network over in the uk so we're here we're there we're everywhere and you can also uh, be prepared for the Scumbags uh, Prediction uh, League where you're going to win uh, some prizes as long as you want to follow along with pay-per-views and make some picks. So we're out of here. We've rambled on for a little bit longer with uh, plugging stuff, but that's all good. We Yeah, I got to I gotta start to learn to look at that clock a little sooner and go, oh, I got to start speeding stuff up. Yeah, because, yeah, we want to be about an hour with your, your time at lunch. Uh, but thank you for joining us, and we will see you later on tonight with the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. <laughs>